Father God, I just thank you. Lord, I ask that you would forgive us, Lord, as a nation, as people, Lord, that when we seek other places for truth, Lord, when we look to the leaders or look to our wealth or our need, Lord, whatever it might be, Lord, or we look for answers and things, Lord, that are not you. Lord, we repent of that now. Lord, we come to you, Lord, and we ask that you would show us your truth, Lord, that your spirit would be with us now, Lord, that you would open up our hearts and our minds, Lord, to understand your, your word, Lord, today. As Pastor Rob brings your word, Lord, that, that we would love your word, Lord, that you would soften our hearts and give us understanding, Lord, that we would seek you because the truth is not in anything but a person of Jesus Christ. Lord, help us, Lord. Help us to know you better. Help us to hear your word today, Lord, and to do your word. Lord, we love you, Lord, and we thank you for your desire to be with us, Lord, and I pray, Lord, that we would seek every day, Lord, to spend time with you. Help us start now, Lord, and just give us, give us this time, Lord, that we would give it back to you, Lord, that we would live our lives for you, Lord, and seek you daily. Lord, anoint Pastor Rob and just the word that he brings, Lord, and just uh, be with all the ministries going around campus right now, Lord, that you would be glorified and that you would be taught, Lord, that our children would know you. Lord, we love you and we thank you and ask that you continue to be with us as we continue to worship in your word. Have your way in us now, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Amen. It's good to be in the house of the Lord together again. What a joy it is to worship with you each and every week. I always can't wait for this moment. Well, not this moment. Uh, this is actually, I won't go. I was just saying it's my least favorite. It's not really my least favorite. I just love worshiping with you. It's a great time to share together in what God's doing. I'd like just to, to say a, a couple things. First of all, thank you. Uh, um, well, let's see. That would have been Chris that preached for us last week, and it was a great time. I really appreciate his ministry and how he brought us the word, and I just really enjoyed that. And it's uh, always good to sit with Chris and talk about uh, what he's what the Lord's saying to him. Also, I want us to be praying for Bob Lyles, and uh, we've lost uh, uh, Denise. Uh, it was either Friday night or Saturday morning. Haven't got the official on that, but uh, Denise has gone on to be with the Lord. And would you just? In fact, let's just pray for just a moment, just to lift up Bob. He's really, I was texting with him yesterday, and he never dreamed that this day would come. He thought he had many, many more years with his beautiful Denise, and uh, she's gone to be home with Jesus. But I just want to lift him in prayer. Would you pray with me? Father, I give you thanks for this day, and I thank you for the opportunity to be in your presence once again. And, and Lord, we're at a time with a loved one of ours, a friend of ours, Lord, that is really hurting right now. We pray, Lord, that you would meet him right where he is this morning, and Lord, that you would minister to him. Lord, we know that Denise is in your care, and we're grateful for that, but Lord, Bob is going to be missing her so desperately. So would you bless him this day, touch him this day. May he know of that, that, that very intimate relationship with you as you come and you minister to him in his grief, and we give you thanks for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, many of us have had them. 
There are those times when we felt like we were on top of the world. You ever been there? I'm just really riding it high. Was it this week? Uh, come on now. Come on. <laughs> Sometimes the way we drag ourselves into church is like, it wasn't this week, Pastor. But, but we've had those times, right? We've just been riding high and going with God, and things have been good, and we're confident that we know all the answers. That's back when I was in my 20s. I had all the answers then, and I've decided I, I, the older I get, the less I know about really anything, and, and I'm coming into some of y'all club, aren't I? Uh, you've already been there. You say, come on over. It's good over here not to have to know everything there is to know about everything. I'm desperately moving in that direction. I hope, hope you know that. But there's just times that we felt that we were really close to God or really in tune with God's plan for us. He, we knew of his presence in our lives and we were confident that we had things. He, he had things. God had things in control. And it's in those moments that we get really excited and we, we feel really alive and everything seems new and real to us during those times. Do you remember those times? Especially when you were first born again. Oh man, everything, behold, when he said, behold, all things are new, like we'll say today when we baptize buried with him in baptism and raised new. all things are new we, we know what that meant don't we? we we've been through that all things became new we often call these times their, their mountain top experiences we, we kind of live there all the time don't we just up on the mountain top we're just living on the mountain top well that's a little bit different you know we're, we're at 4,000 feet but we're not always spiritually at 4,000 feet are we I'm glad you admitted to that <laughs> But we've called them mountaintops experiences, and, and oh, how we hate to come down off that mountain. Oh, man, I just want to stay there. I just want to hang on to that moment for as long as I can, and you feel that way, I'm sure. Let, let's just stay right here and let the rest of the world go by for a while. Wouldn't that, don't you feel that way after watching the evening news? Oh, man, I just want to be in God's presence and let the world pass on by for a little while. That would be to our liking. We long to find the good life that, and just park there. Remember when I was a kid, they used to say, park there brother park there brother and we just want to park there in those favorite places those places that remember the the marines we had a whole front row of marines they were like little percolators and the more the pastor got going man a bing 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 they'd pop up and park there brother and they'd share what they're feeling from the inside and it would get on the outside we, we've stopped doing some of that haven't we we get nervous about well what will they think of me if i if i get too excited or if i get too too crazy here for years after christmas Lynn and I, we'd get the car ready and we'd make sure that the laundry was done as much as we can. And Lynn would pack our snacks and we loaded everything into our Plymouth Grand Voyager. Yeah, we had one of those. A Plymouth Grand Voyager. Have you ever met a Plymouth Grand Voyager that didn't smoke? <laughs> it didn't smoke out the back. Ours did. We got it taken care of before the warranty was up. But uh, we'd pile in that thing and we'd make our way to Grandma and Grandpa's house. And we'd make it our way all along I-70 from Topeka to right about Grainfield, uh, right out there after Hoxie. You ever been there? Out in Hoxie, Kansas, Grainfield, Kansas. We'd turn up the 23 and, and, and just past Overland, Kansas, we'd start to see, we'd see this sign. It was a big blue sign. And just as we passed in the southern part of southwest Nebraska, we'd see it, the big blue sign that read this, Welcome to Nebraska, the good life. Anybody from Nebraska? The good life. I thought, how, how do they know? <laughs> 
How does Nebraska know? How do they know that Kansas isn't the, the good life or the great life? But there it was, the big blue sign. It was the good life. Welcome to Nebraska. Oh, what a joy it was to see the big blue sign. The kids were used because it was about a six-hour trip, but this meant that it was only about an hour more, about an hour and a half more to get to grandmas and grandpas. And, and man, we'd even wake the kids up, and, 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 and we'd, say, we'd point to the sign, welcome to Nebraska, the good life. And this always meant that we're almost there. The kids would get excited. The parents, they'd get excited. The dogs dogs would get excited. They, they'd, be, they'd be moving their tails and they'd be like, oh, we're almost to the good life. Even the dogs knew where the good life was. It was at grandma's and grandpa's. Grandma and grandpa lived on a corner lot, so they had a fence that went all the way around. And these dogs who are usually stuck in a fenced backyard, they can't see much out that one little gate. That's all they can see. Now they're on a, a corner lot, and they could run around the whole thing and see the whole thing. It was a good life to schnitzel. Not schnitzel. Well, schnitzel at some times. And then it was uh, sugar and spice. Sugar and spice was our two little weenie dogs, and they, they loved it there. They loved it there. Oh, what grand excitement entering into a place and a time and a space, a dimension that we all loved and that we all wanted to be at and stay at, little McCook, Nebraska. What did Nebraska have that we didn't have in Kansas? Yeah, what was it? Well, Grandma and Grandpa, for one, and, and they had a great Walmart, but we had three of those in Topeka, so it must have been Grandma and Grandpa. It just etched its way into our hearts and our minds as a place that was so grand, a, a place that we spent probably 18 out of our 20 years that we lived in Topeka every Christmas that we had while serving there. It was different than our norm it wasn't our normal place that we live. It was different. It was another dimension. Six days before where our text starts this morning, Jesus was speaking to his disciples and he was conveying to them something that he was gonna, that was going to be happening. It was going to be a, a new dimension, if you will. Uh, not what has been before, not what they have come to believe and to understand and uh, not a particular truth, but something that they need to know and experience as a new dimension for their living. It was about to approach. It was coming a new thing was going to be happening, and they had uh, only one way of thinking, these, these disciples. Just one way to understand and to comprehend what it was that Jesus was doing and how he was leading them and to where he was leading them. And their one way of thinking through on what Jesus was saying about was about to get rocked. <laughs> you ever been there when, bing, the light comes on and you go, well, that's not what I was thinking. You've had those happens yet. We call them aha moments. It's like, whoa, hey, what just happened? We can see it there in Matthew 16, 21 before we get to where we're going this morning. It said, from that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and to be killed. And it's right here. It's right here that I believe that Peter hears nothing else. Nothing. Even though it's written, I think that Peter's good life is about to implode. All that he has understood to this point is, is that Jesus has the power to rule. Jesus has the power to, to put everything in its right place. Jesus is the Messiah. Yes, he's able to heal and he's able to cast out demons and turn water into wine. He's the one. He's the one. So this being killed thing, this can't be right. <laughs> No, 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 no. This, this dying thing, that, that messes everything up, Lord. This can't be the way, the truth, and the life. No, Jesus, this isn't, say it isn't so. And in Matthew 16, 22, Peter, he takes Jesus aside and he says, no way. No. Can you imagine shaking your finger at Jesus? 
I don't know if he shook his finger, but I can imagine Peter, you know, Peter, he's got to respond. And he says, no, it can't be this way. No, forbid it, Lord. This shall never happen to you. You see, Peter was living in a physical dimension of his own perception. A, a, a physical dimension of his own perception. He saw it one way. He saw it the way he truly believed it would be. And even Jesus must be wrong on this one. You know, we, as a people draped in flesh, we struggle with our own dimensional thinking sometimes. Well, actually, <laughs> I was letting myself off the hook a lot of times. We struggle with that a lot of times. Even today, we have a way of seeing things, a, a way that we perceive and that we look at things that are rooted and centered in our own version of our own good life, the, the good life. It's the life that we've come to know and to understand. We've gotten fairly comfortable with most of it. Some of us are at one end of it. You choose what end of life we're at. I was just talking to somebody this morning. Found a lady in church. I said, are you out of your 40s yet? <laughs> Man, if you learn anything. Well, don't say it to everybody. <laughs> uh, you know. It's our own version of our good life. It's a life that we've come to just really get used to and understand. While one group has, has had life experiences that help them formulate the lives that they've come to be comfortable with, there's another group that's coming up, especially from our next service. They're, they're just growing up through it right now. They're, they're going to learn, and they're, they're learning all the way they will come, how they will come to believe who God is, who Jesus is. And it won't be long that they will have it all figured out. Aren't you excited for our student ministries? It's just a few more years, and they will have it all figured out. Now, my kids had it figured out when they were 12. But, you know, everybody reaches that spot at their own age, right? And I remember thinking I had it all figured out. But some of us are towards the end, and some of us are towards the, uh, just starting at the beginning. But, but there's a perception, there's a way in which to view the world around them that are coming up and to understand how to navigate that world. And some of us have lived long enough where we think we've figured that one out also. It was not any different for the disciples. For Jesus was communicating to his disciples his impending death. You see, Peter heard death, but Jesus was speaking resurrection. Peter heard death. Jesus is speaking resurrection. And Peter shut down at the idea of Jesus dying, not being with them, or not ruling or reigning. That really bothered him. Not having Jesus would just ruin everything, wouldn't it? He's with us. Now he's not with us. That's going to that's gonna mess up our plans. How are we supposed to sit at his right hand or his left hand and reign? How will the reigning king, if he's not, if he has to go to Jerusalem and die? How is what I've come to believe supposed to happen if Jesus dies? Jesus was communicating a new dimension of living, a, a new reality, an out-of-the-box occurrence telling them that he must go into Jerusalem, suffer, and be killed. And Jesus is sharing with his disciples the gospel. It's the good news. It's the good news that we responded to one day. And maybe you haven't, maybe you have, but you can. And that's what he's talking to his disciples about. It's the good news, and Peter's not having it. You ever felt that way? <laughs> I'm glad things are going great for you. Come on, you've been there, right? Someone puts something on Facebook, you know, yeah, whatever, whatever. Must be nice. Come on, we've all done that. I've done that. 
then the Holy Spirit goes, hey, excuse me. Oh, <laughs> hallelujah, Lord. I'm thankful for their good things in their life. It's a wonderful thing. You know, the Lord knows how to deal with this, doesn't he? He does. The disciples are struggling with their own physical dimensional way of thinking. You see, we were born into a physical dimension. Can't help it. That's God's design. It's natural that we would think in such ways. We've been scripted from our very own beginnings. Our thought patterns have been formulated from our upbringing. We can't help it, per se. It's ingrained in us. It's part of our makeup. We have been programmed at one time or another to think in certain terms or to believe in certain ways. That's one of the hardest things we deal with. And then God brings a a greater truth to us. We go, oh, oh, I got a what? Uh, I don't know if that's what that means. I, I better go get me a couple commentaries so I can find the one that I like. Or the versions. You can find versions. They don't all say completely different things, but I like to hear it a certain way. Don't you like to hear it a certain way? I hope you still love me this morning after we're done. In our text this morning, we find that six days after Jesus was speaking with the disciples of, his, of this new spiritual dimension, not just his death, but yes, his resurrection, the, the new place, the glory of God the Father through Jesus his Son. But you see, in this morning's text, we see a new place, a new dimension. It's a new place to park that Jesus wants to take his disciples to. It's Peter, James, and John, and they're now confronted with a new experience, something powerful, something promising for this new life, this new thing that Jesus wants to share with them. This morning, I direct your attention to Matthew 17, 1 through 9. Let's stand together and we, as we share in God's word together, uh, Matthew 17, 1 through 9. It just says this, that six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John, his brother, and led them up on a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his garments became white as snow. And behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them, talking with them. And Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it's good for us. Us to be here. If you wish, I will make three tabernacles here one for you, and one for Moses, and one for Elijah. And while he was speaking, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and behold, a, a, a voice out of the cloud said, This is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell face down to the ground, and they were terrified. And Jesus came to them and touched them and said, Get up, do not be afraid. And lifting up their eyes, they saw no one except Jesus himself alone. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Father, we're grateful. We're thankful for your word. I pray, Lord, that it would take us to a new dimensional way of living. May God, we open ourselves to you and say whatever it is there, Lord, that, that you need to come in and work it out of us, Lord. Be it so this day. May it be so this day, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Well, that's just the opening. <laughs> oh, I've had a, quite a week. <laughs> it's been quite a week. This last week, I got a call from an old friend. Uh, you know him well. His name is Reverend Kip Laxon. He's one of those, well, he's, he's the one who, who he's come on a few occasions and held revival or renewal services with us. You remember him, don't you? All right. He, he had sent me a text about something that had been posted on YouTube this last week. Uh, every now and then he, he sends something out to me like, you got to listen to this, man. This is, this is awesome. And, and it was an old LP. You know what an LP? If you're under 
25, you just had to figure that out. Remember what an LP is? It's a long play. And uh, I remember when Rebecca came out of the garage and said, what are these big black CDs? Yeah. Uh, and, uh, but it was a record, and somebody took that record, and, and they, they reduplicated it and put it out on Facebook, and they put a picture of that record. I remember the record. It's as goofy as you can see. The, the cover of it is Wally and Ginger Laxon. It's his mom and dad. And, and on one side... Wally's like this, and they put his name in his hand that says Wally. And then on the other side is his mother, and she's her name's Ginger, and it just says Ginger on her hand. And we, we had that album. We, I think we bought it during Revival one year. You know how they used to all come and bring all their records? And, and we had that. Well, he, he told me, you've got to go listen to this thing. Uh, they had recorded it back in 1972. And I, I did the math, and it's in, I, I don't want to go there. You know, it's a, it, it doesn't sound like that long ago, but it's a, it's a while back. And, and uh, he told me that his dad seen it, and he shared it on YouTube, and he began to tell Kip about it. He wanted Kip to, to be remember, reminded what was going on right then and there, when and where and on what occasion each song had been sung on that recording. And, and, and Wally and Ginger, as they made their way, they were traveling evangelists in the church of Nazarene for as, about as long as I could remember. And they would travel with their reel-to-reel. Now, I might have to explain that at next service. Remember what a reel-to-reel is? It had, you know, tape. It was like a big, giant cassette that wasn't inside its case. And, uh, and they would take that, and they had a microphone, and they'd put it out. And every service that they would have with people, they would record it. Is that not... We're talking probably 45 years of traveling maybe 40 weeks out of the year. And at every service, turning that on, Kip told me, you got to come sometime. we got to go through all this stuff. No telling what we're going to find. I thought, oh, that sounds like a lot of fun, Kip. <laughs> reel to reel. But they'd, put, they'd, they'd press record. Kip said that Wally told him that they would place that right in the central location, just turn it on record. You can imagine after 50 years of ministry, no telling what's on those tapes, but they, they had this one, and it was turned into a record. So the, the quality, <laughs> it, it's not that great. But Kip's dad told him the story about this one particular song. He said that sometime in and around 1972, Bill Gaither, you remember him, don't you? Bill Gaither had called his dad. See, back in the day, there was no internet. There was no way to get your music out. You couldn't just put it out on the internet. There wasn't one. And, and you'd have to give it to your traveling evangelists as they sang all through the United States. You give them their, your, your music, and they play it, and they sing it. And, and so they, they had called his dad, and, and, and he said that back in that day, Bill called his dad, and he wanted to share this new song with Kip's mom and dad. He wanted him to get it out. And so Wally and Ginger, they were traveling full time then, and they were doing revivals all over the country. So Bill wanted to get this, this new song. It was a good song, and he thought it would really go well, so he contacted Wally. And so Bill Gaither, he hummed it over the phone. It was a phone that had a cord and went in the wall, and he hummed it. He hummed it over the phone to, to Ginger, because Ginger played the piano for, for Wally and Ginger. And, and after he got done humming it to her, he gave her the chord structures of what it would take to play the song on the piano. She wrote them all down. They worked on it, and when it was ready back in 1972, Wally and Ginger sang and recorded this song, Because He Lives. For the very first time, and you want to know where they recorded it? They recorded it at the Midway City Church of the Nazarene. That was my church. 
Now I know why Kip's getting kind of excited for me. <laughs> he says, you got to listen to this thing, man. And, and so I went on there and I listened to it. It was the first time the song had ever been sung in public, in a public setting. And it was the first recording that they have of that song. And it was done at my little home church in Midway City, California. I was only 10 years old. So I'm telling you, get ready. And while that might be pretty amazing, I mean, it's just that little song, Because He Lives. That might be pretty amazing in and of itself, but that's not the part that gripped me. No, that's not the part that got to me. The part that got to me, that had glued me to my computer on Wednesday night for about an hour and a half, this last Wednesday, as I listened to Because He Lives, from a recording, from an LP, from a, from a, from a reel-to-reel, put on an LP, and now put on YouTube, I was reminded where I come from. I was given a glimpse of my heritage. As a matter of fact, I was probably there at Midway City. I'm sure I was. I was only 10. And as I listened to it, I could hear the people in the background as the song was being sung. Wally would whip your choir into shape. I remember the first time Wally came to Florida. I was at a little church in Florida, and I used to work with the choir, and I'd do youth ministry. Wally come blowing into town one time, and he got my choir together, and he learnt them. They used to say that down south. They, he learnt them a new song in about four minutes. And I sat there and I looked and I thought, I have to go a month with my choir to get them ready for a song. And he'd, he'd get them ready in four minutes just before we go in to sing. You're going to do this, you're going to sing that. Everybody here, the ladies up here, and we're good to go. Let's go on in and sing. It was unbelievable. But I was reminded, I was given a glimpse. I remember the voices singing. The choir proclaiming, because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know, I know who holds the future. And life is worth the living just because he lives. And as the people, my people, the people that I came from, my parents, Al and Sandy, as they all continued to come around to that chorus, because he lives. I can hear the shouts. I can hear my family of God, my community of faith that I grew up under. My spiritual heritage began to shout. They, they hooped and they hollered, shouting praises and singing. You'd have thought that Jesus had returned that night. There were shouts and screams and crying and loud praises to God. And I began to remember my heritage. I began to relive the days when we hungered and we thirsted for God in such a desperate way that when we came together, we came seeking, we came searching, and we came desiring the presence of God right in our midst. It didn't matter what time it was. No, it didn't matter. It didn't matter if we were running late. Those old Nazarenes didn't care who got to the restaurant first or who was watching, who was hungry, or who was howling. What they were excited about was a place that transcended time and space and the money and the houses and the cars and the job. It just didn't matter. The presence of God was what they were after. It was a place where we met with the Lord our God. It was a place where the fire fell when our prayers touched heaven at the old camp meeting down the old sawdust trail, and it landed on people who were desperate for Jesus. It landed on people who were concerned for nothing else. And why? Because he lives. And because he lives, we could all face tomorrow. Boring job didn't matter. Because he lives, we can face tomorrow. 
things not going well with a girlfriend at school, that would have been me, <laughs> or the lack thereof, doesn't matter because I can face tomorrow because he lives. Have a tough time with your spouse today? It's okay. You know why? Because he lives. I can face tomorrow. Finances running a little tight. I'm not going to worry about it. This is why. Because he lives. I can face tomorrow. Not sure what to do next in life. Which direction to turn? Don't worry about it. Because he lives. We can face tomorrow. I want you to know that as I listened to the people at the Midway City Church in Nazarene, they were transported to a greater dimension than a pitiful earthly experience. They were taken to a dimension that is greater than anything that we can experience right here just in our physical dimensions of this life. It was a place of outpouring. God was meeting with his people and his people were responding to his visitation. They would say, I know, I know, there's no doubt about it. He's real in my heart and I'm going to shout it. I want you to know this morning they weren't concerned with what political party they were affiliated with. Everyone there that morning was neither Democrat, Republican, or Independent. They weren't concerned about who, was, who, who had been president, who was going to be president, who was king, or who was queen. They weren't worried about lunch and their 401k, uh, uh, how much was in the account. What they wanted at that moment was more of Jesus, more of him, more of his will for their lives, and more of his touch for that moment. They wanted the presence and the power of Almighty God to fall on that place, and it did. It did. I've got a recording that proves it. I remember because I was there. Do you remember? It doesn't have to be a a, a bunch of backflips. It doesn't have to be screaming and shouting, but do you remember the, the dimensional change in your life when you found Christ? Do you recall the level of excitement that engulfed your soul in the early years of believing when you first came to Jesus, how much more you wanted of him? I got to have more of that. That's not enough. That was great. I love it. I want more. You got to give me more. We couldn't get enough of his presence, his power, or his glory. More, more. We'd sing more about Jesus, what I know. More of his grace to others show. More of his saving fullness see. More of his love who died for me. More. More about Jesus, more, more about Jesus, more of his saving fullness, see, more of his love who died for me. I'll tell you this morning, we wanted more of him in our lives. We wanted all that he had for us. Don't you just long for the transcendent, the spiritual high places, the greater dimensional living that helps us navigate through the ups and downs of this life and not just the ups and downs, but to come through victorious, changed, a new creation, able to hear the voice of God, able to respond to his leading in our lives and not be tossed around by the circumstances of this physical life. That's the good life. I tell you what, that, that's me, folks. <laughs> that's what I want for my life. I heard those people on the recording, and I thought to myself, I want that. Uh, not, not the old songs per se. I like those too, but it's not about the song, and it's not about the emotion. There's a hunger and a thirst for God. I want that. I said to myself, self, you ever talk to yourself? Hey, self, I want that. Self, I need to seek that. I heard those people 
I want that again. I, I want to be in that place, in that moment, that dimension where the presence of God is so powerful, so palpable. I want more of you, Lord. More of you. I've had all, but what I want is just more of you. Of all the stuff, all the things I've had in my fill, and still I hunger. I hunger still empty and bare. Lord, hear my prayer for more of you. And I believe that's where God wants to take us. I don't have time <laughs> this morning, but I believe he stands on the edge and he says, come on over. It's, it's not gone. It didn't go anywhere. You went somewhere. Come on over. Come on, I've got something special for you this day, this very hour. But you see, there's a challenge for us today. We have a little bit of a problem. I don't like to use that terminology, but you know what? Sometimes we have a problem. Sometimes it's just a challenge. Have you taken your worst thing and just thought you had a challenge? Sometimes it's a problem. You see, if we want more of him, if we really want to see a breakthrough in our spiritual lives, if we really want for nothing more than Jesus and him alone, if we want a new spiritual dimension and have him take us there in our lives, that equips us to victoriously navigate the reality of the ups and downs of this life. We're going to have to move we're going to have to make some headway. We're going to have to do something. A lot of people are like just, hey, just live, baby. Just live, brother. That's all you got to do. Hey, sometimes you got to get busy and you got to do something. You know, number one, we're going to have to climb that mountain. Jesus took with him Peter and James and John, his brother, and led them up on a high mountain by themselves. You know, we just kind of run past that. They just went up on the, have you ever climbed our mountain? Come on now. You've done the trails, right? You get about halfway up and you go, ow, this hurts a little bit. It, it's a little ways up here. What is another thousand feet or so? And, and you start to feel it back here. It's on something that I've been sitting on for too long and I can feel that I'm using muscles that I haven't for a while. We're going to have to climb that mountain. There's a place that I believe the Lord wants to take us, a place of new heights, a place where we are changed and we see him face to face and we know that we are in the presence of Almighty God. The word says that he inhabits, he inhabits the praises of his people and that where two or three are gathered in his name that he's there in their midst. And I'm just simple enough to believe that the presence of God in our lives fully surrendered is the mountain that God wants us to climb. Why is it that we have such a difficult challenge finding the greater dimension with God? We want more. We desire great intimacy and relationship with God. But why is it so hard at times to attain, to possess? I have a friend in ministry. He has a favorite scripture that he likes to quote at times. This is where you might not like me in a little bit, but you just have to just put on your, your spiritual protection just for a minute it, because it kind of hits. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it, but he, he's got this favorite scripture. It's not a scripture that you probably put to memory when you're thinking about having your coffee and, and a muffin in the morning, like this will really encourage me for the day. It's not one of those kind. It's found in the Proverbs. It, it can help us, though, maybe this morning, and here it is. It's Proverbs 13.4. It says this, The soul of the sluggard craves and gets nothing. Hallelujah, brother. You want that again, don't you? It's just, just going to kick a leg out. And just, uh, honey, write that one down. The soul of the sluggard craves and gets nothing. Doesn't that just bless you? Isn't that just a gift this morning? Write that one down. You'll 
work on that next week. You know what a slug is, don't you? It's a member of the snail family. It's slow. My ministry friend, he tells a story in the way in which he was raised. He was raised up on a farm. And he was what you might call a farm boy. And there were those in his family that farmed back then. And they had on their property two ponds. One he could fish in. He could put the bobber in and, man, they could pop it in there. And just as soon as it was in there, you'd see the bobber start moving and it would dunk down and it would go down and and they'd start pulling up catfish. I don't know if you like catfish up here. We're from the Midwest for 20 years. We like catfish. I can tell you all kinds of recipes I did catfish with. And we'd be out at a mud pond. We're talking mud cat. And it was good eating catfish. And then they would pull them out of that southern part of the United States pond. and, 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 man, I'm telling you. It was good. But there was another part of the pond. And this part of the pond was a way over at the corner of the, of the property. It had about three inches of green slime on it. You, you wouldn't want to go in that pond. You wouldn't want to swim in that pond. You don't want to be even near that pond. It smelled bad. It was sludge. It was, it, it was horrible, stinky, and, and it was awful. And you wouldn't want to go there, but it was a haven for the slugs. The slugs loved that spot, this pond. There was no outlet. There were slugs everywhere around the edges of the smelly pond. And my friend, he said when he was little, he and his friends, they'd go around and they'd look at, for, they'd look at all the, the slugs that around the pond, he would watch the slugs and, and would find their little place in their slimy little mud. They found that just the perfect little place. They'd, they'd wiggle themselves down in the mud, in that slimy little hole. That little slug, he didn't want to swim. He didn't want to dog paddle, and he didn't want to dive to the bottom. You see, he, he, was, he was down there. He just wiggled himself into his little hole in his slimy sludge. He just wanted to lie there and be left alone. My friend said that he, he and his friends, they'd go down and walk around the pond. They like to look at the slugs. Every now and then they would, they would just reach down. They'd grab one of them. They'd, they'd just pop. They'd, they'd pop. They'd, right out of the mud. You know, just pull them right out. And they'd look at them. They'd mess with them. And then they'd, they'd lay them back down in the mud. And, and that, 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 that slug would kind of. It would kind of get back down, and it would wiggle itself back in the mud and look up at him like, like, ooh, you've disturbed me. You've just disturbed me. And he'd continue this way around the pond. He'd pick them up, the slugs, and pop, 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 pop. They'd pull out, and he'd drop them back down in that slime, that green sludge, and they'd, they'd wiggle back down in there. Ooh, you disturbed me. You see, for many of us, We've gotten so used to things the way they are. We found a spiritual equilibrium that suits us just fine, just the way it is. We hear these old songs and we sing some of the new ones and we remember the spirited, God-inhabited services and we think, been there, done that, yeah. I don't want to get too excited. I understand the theological background of that song now and the lack thereof of that one. And when we've been given the opportunity or the option to go deeper with God, to dig in and to pursue all that he has called us to, when we've heard the messages or the podcast or we read the books, 
that call us to a greater place, a deeper walk with God, a new dimension of living for him that transcends our current level of spiritual fervency. It's as if we were being plucked out of that place in that sludge, that mud, and it would be back. we want to just be back to comfortable. We want to be comfortable. We want to, do we want to swim? Sure we do. Do we want to dive? Yeah, but no, no, I'm not, I don't want to go there. Been there, done that. Ooh, you disturb me. Complacency has set in. It's done it many times since I started out way back when. Complacency, you see the, the word says the, the slug craves and gets nothing. It, it craves, but it gets nothing. You want to swim? Yep, I, I want to swim. You, you want to dive? Oh, yeah, I want to dive. Then do it. No, no. And while we're not completely satisfied and we know that there's more, we can't quite get motivated to attain to attain it. We, for, some, for many reasons, we just can't take possession of the deeper spiritual dimension of life. And I could take you all through, I, I don't have the time to, but you, you, you can look back at the children of Israel walking through the desert, sand everywhere, sand, wherever you can get sand, they had sand. Can you imagine that they wouldn't want to go into the, you know, the first time when, when God met and told Moses, hit that water, God did that. With Moses' staff, God did that. There's another time, though. There's another time they come to River Jordan. And, and this time, I think God's thinking, I'm not doing it that way this time. This time, you're going to have to put your feet in. And they picked 10 uh, priests that would carry the ark, and he said, have them go in, put their feet in the water, and then stand and so they did that, and the water separated, and they all walked through on dry land. Sometimes you got to get your feet wet. Sometimes you got to climb the mountain. Have you climbed the mountain? And then I can imagine, I can imagine as there was another time where God met with Joshua, and Joshua was there, and he said, you know, we have seven tribes that have not crossed over. Have you ever read that? The seven tribes that hadn't crossed over, where were they? It says that the, the whole assembly of the Israelites gathered at Shiloh and set up the tent of the meeting. The country was brought under their control, but there were still seven Israelite tribes who had not yet received their inheritance. So Joshua said to those Israelites, how long? How long? There it is. They could smell it. That's a good land over there. Isn't that beautiful? That's wonderful. That's God's promise for us. But they hadn't gone over. He says, how long will you wait before you can begin to take possession of the land of the Lord and the God of our ancestors has given you? How long will you wait? Do you know where the other five were? There were 12 tribes. We can do the math. There's seven that haven't gone over yet. Where are the other five? They went over. They crossed over. They did what they had to do to get to the land that God had promised them. Some going to be fighting. There's, it's going to be tough. There's some trees in the way. What do we do to all the trees? Cut them down as far as you want. Have the land. You see, sometimes we've got to put our feet in the water. Sometimes we got to climb that mountain. Sometimes we got to cross over. I can imagine a little Hebrew lady. I can imagine her singing a song. 
in this new land, this new dimension of living, this new place. I can just imagine it. I can hear dusting stuff off, getting the sand out of every crevice there is, getting it out after being in the desert for so long. I can just hear her singing, I long ago left Egypt for the promised land. I trusted in my Savior and to his guided hand. He led me out to victory through the great Red Sea. I sang a song of triumph and shouted, I am free. I followed close behind him and the land soon found. I did not halt or tremble for Cain and I was bound. My guide I fully trusted and he led me in. I shouted, hallelujah, my heart is free from sin. I started for the highlands where the fruits abound. I pitched my tent in Hebron where grapes of Eshcol found with milk and honey flowing and new wine so free. I have no long for Egypt. It has no charms for me. My heart is so enraptured as I press along. Each day I find new blessing which fill my heart with song. I'm ever marching onward to the land on high. Someday I'll reach my mansion that's builded in the sky. You need not look for me down in Egypt's sand, for I've pitched my tent far above in Beulah land. You need not look for me down in Egypt's sand, for I've pitched my tent in Beulah land. Oh, folks, there's so much more for us. We just need to put our feet in the water. We need to climb the mountain. I can't even tell you what he did on the mountain. It was a spiritual thing that happened on top of that mountain. Oh, the sights that they saw, the fear they had, they dropped and they worshiped God and Jesus came over and lifted their heads. He said, don't be afraid. But he said, get up. Sometimes you just gotta get up. I don't think that our uh, streaming services is what God had in mind for us. I don't think think Netflix was on his mind when he made for us a promised land that we can enter into. Here's what Peter, James, and Josh saw when their heads were lifted. Jesus only. That's all they saw. After the cloud disappeared, after they heard the thunderous sound of God's voice, Jesus lifted their heads and said, don't be afraid, but get up. And all they saw was Jesus. Jesus only and he's more than enough. I'd ask you this morning, have you fully surrendered to God? Have you entered into dimensional living that makes you victorious over all the circumstances of life? You don't have to be tossed around any longer. You can make your way out of the desert. You can put your feet in the water. You can cross over to the promises that God has for you. Full surrender. Full surrender, giving all that we are and ever hope to be to Christ. I want you to know that because he lives, we can face that tomorrow that comes. Amen. Amen. Stand with me. Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for the opportunities of this day. And Lord, I don't want to miss it. Some of us have lived in that sludge. We're, it's comfortable. It's warmer. It's just a place that, that we're used to. Lord, you're calling us to something newer. You're calling us to a newer dimension, something that goes well beyond our physical. And Lord, it moves us into the spiritual, this place of excitement. It's what I heard in the voices of the people on the YouTube uh, recording that shouted praises to you and glorified your name. We want that. Oh, not just the emotion, but Lord, the hunger and the thirst, the hunger and the thirst. More of you, Lord, more of you. That's what we want. And so, Lord, I pray that we not stop until we reach there. We, we, we don't stop until we've put our feet in the water, until we've uh, gone up the mountain. 
and had our worship service with you till we've got up and come back down the mountain. We can't stay there. We have to come back down. Help us, Lord, to cross over. Help us to cross over into your promises, the things, the very things that you've promised us, Lord, to give us life and that in abundance. We give you thanks for it, Lord. Would you go with us? But before you do, with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, have you been living in the in the place that's not everything that God has for you? Have you found yourself in that place? If you have, I just want you to share with me. I want to pray for you. And, and I want you to open yourself this morning to all that God has for you. It, it, it doesn't have to look like it did on the YouTube. It doesn't have to look like a preconceived or pre-idea, something that we were raised with. It might look that way, but it might not. But you, you find yourself kind of comfort in that one spot, but there's got to be more. There's got to be more, and it's more of you, Lord, more of you. If that's you, I want to pray for you this morning. And I believe that God wants you to get your feet wet. He wants you to get up, go up the mountain, come down the mountain, cross over to that place that he has for you. I don't make any bones about what it might exactly be, but he knows and he can share it with you. If that's you, I want to pray for you this morning and I'd like you to just raise your hand, let me know. I want to pray for you this morning. If that's you, you've been living a particular existence and you know that God has more for you, okay? See that? All right? Good. This is important space, man. Important space. Father, you've seen the hands. Lord, those are honest, honest hands that raise and say, I, I've been living in this. It doesn't have to be sin. It's just not living to the place that you've called us to live, Lord. There's something more. There's, there's a passion. There's an excitement. There's, there's this place that you do what you do within us, Lord, and it makes us more. We want more of you, more of you. I've had all, but what I want is more of you. Of things I've had my feeling, yet I hunger still, empty and bare. Lord, hear my prayer for more of you. Would you do that in those, Lord? For those that raise their hand, those maybe that didn't, would you do that in our lives, Lord, as a body of Christ? The church that comes together, might we be so excited about the, our God. Our God is an awesome God. He reigns in heaven above. We're grateful. We're thankful. Bless these, your people, as we go from here. Help us to purge everything out that doesn't belong. Let it, let it help us to, to just come clean. Let it all out, Lord, and be everything that you've called us to be. I thank you for these, your people. Encourage us to not be slugs. <laughs> Help us to move beyond that existence to this great crossing over in the place that you've prepared for us. We give you thanks for it. As the people of God, we say yay and amen in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Hey, we're going to baptize some kids if you want to hang out with us for just a minute and some students and some kids. In about five more minutes, we're going to baptize some kids. Amen. <laughs>